We had a big, big weekend in sports. Big weekend, big topic to talk about. This is another edition of the You Hate to See It podcast on this snowy February 1st, 2021. Fellas, how are we doing today? Good. A little chilly, but can't complain. Happy to be home doing this than anything else out there right now. Snowed in, baby. Snowed in. I was out there this morning. It was at least 10 inches out there this morning. The blower barely took it. And All right, it was well, a complete they didn't, they, didn't, they didn't come here for your fucking snow. I want to update people on how I'm doing on my driveway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> fuck your driveway. <laughs> All right. So headlines right off the bat. All right. This story broke when we were, uh, we were out having a good time Saturday night. Um, obviously keeping our social distance and everything like that. COVID protocols. That take looking out for Saquon. Looking out for Saquon in, in Hoboken. Um, Stafford to the Rams. This story broke. I was the first of the group uh, that no, night to break I was. That's bullshit. Um, I was the first to break it. This podcast was the first bullshit. to break it. If we could have gone live, we would have in the bar. Um, Detroit. We're and- done with live. So uh, I don't know what you're talking no, about. No, that's out. For, for the foreseeable um, future. We're gonna, you know, I saw uh, it at 4 a.m. in the morning when I woke up. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's my process with Stafford. Uh, so Detroit gets got. A 2022 first, a 2023 first, a 2021 third, and and Jared Goff. All right. Now, and the and Stafford obviously goes to the Rams. Now, I want to. We'll do this in chronological order here. We did find out that the Rams did inquire about one Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, and they laughed at him and said Aaron Rodgers is a quarterback for the foreseeable future. Um, but. I'll ask you guys this. I think I think it's a resounding yes. Are the Rams are automatic contender now with Stafford at quarterback? Yep, they're going to be competing with the Bucks, I think. But we haven't seen Stafford really produce in the playoffs. He's only he, I think he's zero and three, and he hasn't really had much experience. I mean, Goff has a better playoff resume than him, but I think looking at it logically and watching them play, I think it's a huge upgrade. But they did give up a lot. I mean, I hate giving up two first round picks, but you're doing this with the thought process that you're winning a lot of games, and these are late picks which is like more bust potential anyway. So the Rams haven't had a first round pick in like since, since they started with golf. I mean, they traded two then they traded one for cooks back then. And then they traded for two for Ramsey. Ramsey's the only one that I guess really worked out for them, but I mean, that's what they've been doing. And they've been in the fight of it. They were in the, they're, you know, going, making deep playoff runs. You know, they had that one year. I think they were a little up and down, but I mean, for the most part, since McVay's taken over, they've been, constant contenders and that was with Goff at quarterback i think stafford is a huge upgrade yeah i got um, it. this is first chance to see him somewhere with you know somewhere outside of detroit where we know what detroit is i gotta i gotta agree with you 100 percent. it's an upgrade i mean they won 10 games with jared goff at quarterback and for the most part he he's looked under underwhelming he hasn't been that guy they drafted with the second pick, or was it the first pick? I don't even know. It was a second, I think. Wasn't Wentz? Or, no, yeah. they trade up. That was a trade up with the San Francisco. They trade up one pick above him, right? Or no, that was a Trubisky. That was a Trubisky. My bad. But yeah, it was. Um, they did trade up for him. They gave up. They mortgaged a lot. Yeah, yeah, and and with Stafford, you said he hasn't. He he hasn't had the big game experience, but I mean, he's been in the league a long yeah, yeah. time. This man, this man he's is veteran quarter for sure. Wiley old. For sure. There's not a situation he hasn't been in end of games. I mean, his arm, his arm strength, ability to make plays on the run. He's tough, which mm-hmm. is, which is more of the DNA of that Rams football team. I mean, it's a slam dunk. The only reason why, and here, I know we're going to get into Watson, Watson later, 
But the only reason why people had a mini overreaction about how it would affect the Watson market, well, the Rams essentially paid to get rid of Jared Goff. Is this, that's why they had to give up the multiple picks because Jared Goff's contract. contract is asinine, asinine. I mean, it would be this. It would be a similar situation if uh, Philly were looking to get rid of Wentz. That's what they would have to do. They would have to throw in a bunch of sweeteners. What What I love best about uh, Stafford is say, <laughs> saying he wouldn't play for the Patriots. I love that. I love. Isn't that. Patricia back with the Patriots in some? Patricia's sort? there, and his boy Amendola was played played in you know in New England, obviously. So uh, he's like, yo man, don't God no. <laughs> well, he realized, yeah. New England, but real enough. quick on Stafford, he's like at the point where he's not like he's. I would say he's like towards the end of his prime, maybe a year or two left. But you still like he's not like where he's not like a Philip Rivers situation or like the. Even like yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm saying of his good play, he's he can play for another five, six. No, years I think he's got a year, more of a year or two left at his good play. I yeah, think. I'm saying it's not, it's a different situation than for mm-hmm. Philip Rivers, you know, going yeah, in so that cool. situation. But that was a signing, you know, that's a little different. But I'm saying we can expect a lot of uh, still a lot of stuff. I think you could see some of his best years right now. Listen, the McVay, pressure. if McVeigh is what he says, what we, we all say and think he is, then I think this should work out very Listen, well. The, the pressure is going to be on staff without it. This could be the most pressure he's ever going to face his whole, his whole career. His whole career in Detroit has just been, oh, my God, getting to the playoffs was an accomplishment. You know, it's always been icing on the cake of if they could win a game. Now you're going to have the pressure is going to be on. You're expected to be a contender. McVeigh, no more excuses now. We're your quarterback. I'm going to pl- try to play the backup. Oh, God's thumb. This is a great excuse to, you know, get him out of the lineup. All right, we saw that was definitely clear in Seattle. So now McVay's got to got to produce. Okay, here's your team. This is the be- one of the best rosters in football on both sides of the ball. One of the most, com- I think now they're one of the most complete teams in the league. No reason why you can't get it done now. Um, and they were both, I believe, in Cabo. They were both on vacation in the same place, McVay and Stafford. And then this deal happens. So I'm just gonna put that out there. Um, I think I think another thing we have to think about too. I mean, you're going from playing. Basically, his main competition every year was Aaron Rodgers. It was the cream of the crop. I'd argue his his division schedule gets harder now. Harder, I'm yeah. Playing against the well, three, I, I wouldn't other franchises that have been that I've been there. Like I wouldn't say much harder though. But I'm saying in comparison to what he was looking forward to. But I mean, I feel like the. NFC North has always been, a, at least for the past couple of years, or his career has always been well, competitive. Well, Chewy. Green Bay is always I mean, good. I mean, and then the Vikings and the Bears are alternate being – like, they fight with them. Detroit's usually finished later. I know. We're talking about going enough. against Aaron Rodgers and R- Russell Wilson. You're talking about moving forward. I'm saying – I was just saying I don't think it's much yeah, of a change from what he's been seeing. Uh, the 49ers have one of the toughest defense in the league year in, year out recently. And then you have – a lot going on in Arizona too, so I mean, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting. It's gonna be another good year in that in that conference. To build on your point, Chewy, right? The the the, 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 the gap between the good teams in that NFC North and where we got where Stafford's gonna be now, right? Detroit was was really low compared to the the you know the Packers and the Vikings. Now Stafford's in a position that he is one of the Aaron Rodgers and the Vikings teams compared to. He's no longer on a shit team anymore. You right. know what I mean? So you want to make the quarterback matchups. Okay, fine. The team matchups are very, very drastically different as opposed to now the playing field is a lot more even for Stafford. So you might see him actually play a little bit better considering he's playing against a better team. He has a better team around him. Detroit is a dumping ground, man. It is literally like between the Barry Sanders thing. The only place Cal- worse is, t- is Houston probably. Yeah, right I mean, Detroit, I mean, you know, Motor City, Dan Campbell can only, he's going to only be able to do so much of what he has. 
I'm very happy. I'm happy for Stafford that he got the fuck out of there. Like, it's just a bad situation. Um, then the question I also put on the board is, does Detroit still suck? Yes. Well, they, they got, they got, they, now they're, they're going to have a shot. Well, yeah, they're going to have a shot to rebuild. Like, well, okay. Where, where I'm a big adamant of getting draft capital. Right. Getting, and here's you know, the thing with that. Right. They're going to try it. Yeah. Okay. Here's the thing with that. And earlier, of course, we said this too with, when he was with the Giants and now he's a long career in the NFL. Okay. We made the draft picks. And Jerry Jones did the same thing when he, when he made the trade in Dallas uh, for, with Herschel Walker. We got all these draft picks. Now we got to hit on them because if we don't, then yeah. we do yeah. lose this trade. That's, so big. Now, yeah, that's like, what it comes down to. I said it last year when they, I think, I think they reached on Akuda. I really don't. I really didn't like a corner from them that that early in the draft, unless it's a slam dunk like me and Chewy fire camp, really- Jamal Adams type prospect. Like you're not taking, you're not taking that corner who who showed in the Clemson game. Yeah, I was just gonna say, me and Chewy, me and Chewy said that point on. He's like draft process that he he. There was question marks about whether or not he was gonna be a shutdown guy, and he had a. He had an up and down rookie season, so like you said, Dario, it's about hitting, hitting on those, hitting on those picks. I'm going to tell you who the next cornerback worthy of going in the top five is. It's going to be that kid Singletary out of LSU. Yep. That kid is a fucking dog, and he's still he's, he's he's still got a year left. He's coming out next year. I think he's next year's his first year to be draft eligible. And here's the thing with Detroit: he's going to be a dog. Detroit, I think, is in a better place front office wise than they have in a while. Okay, you maybe finally now you say you got your head coach. Okay, now you got Chris Spielman up there. You have a, a, I feel like, a more stable front office than you've had in the past. Well, you so, know what I think it is, real quick, with uh, Dan Campbell? I think they're saying that – I think he's going to be more of a stopgap coach because, you know, like you always say, the same reason they fire, hire you is the same reason they fire you. And he's going to come in and, you know, get these young guys playing. Like, I like think very similar to – start. Yeah, very similar, yeah. like, how the Nets built their team. They had a bunch of, like, gritty guys they won. And pe- people uh, – stars saw that, you know. And they realized, like, yo, this is like they're doing something right over there, and they went to it. They gravitated Listen. to it, and then they built off that. I think they're going to build this team. It's going to be a better, like, from this uh, foundationally built Detroit Lions team if they do it right. They have the pieces. It's on. It's on the personnel. Here's the thing with that, now. though, and I, I think that it could definitely be a possibility with that Singletary type of of idea. But if this guy can, if, if Motor City Dan can surround himself with good coaching. You bring in an OC, a DC, because he's definitely going to be a, a genuine, a true a traditional head coach. If you surround yourself with good coaching, it doesn't matter what kind of head coach you, I mean, you got, that doesn't, that's a big part, but the job of a, of a traditional head coach is manage the clock and get these guys ready to play on Sunday and let your coordinators literally, you know, do the rest. You're, you're in touch with the game plan, but you're kind of just fine tuning and making sure the direction is the right way. Um, you're setting the tone. I think as long as his message doesn't, you know, get get to the point where the team gets tired out, I think they have a shot if you get a, a good coaching staff, an experienced coaching staff around him, and that's where it starts and ends. Well, I was saying I just don't think he's going to be there for. Listen, everybody, everywhere years. he's been, the players have loved him. Okay, um, love the energy, but he has not been somewhere long enough for that to wear on somebody, which I I could see that happening. But I love that, bro. I love the energy. Let's, let's move into something the exact opposite. Let's go. He's, he's taking kneecaps off. He's biting kneecaps the whole thing. Like, let's go. He's the dude. All right. Uh, going from one crazy press conference to be- probably the complete polar opposite uh, in Nick Sariani. Um, I, f- I kind of felt bad for the guy at some point in this press conference. He said, you know, the key to a smart football team is to be 
smart players. Smart football team or something just, like that. It was rambling and bambling. There's no way you can give a speech about being smart, stuttering the whole way through and like looking like you're lost. Like yeah, that's that's not it. That's not a good look at it all. It definitely wasn't a good look. And that was almost to the Adam Gaze eyes popping. Now, Adam Gaze did have more control that press conference than Sirianni did because Adam Gaze could speak better. But Gage lost it when he was looking through people. Um, so <laughs> he just love he love mentioning that. Darius going to mention that ten, ten, ten years it. from now. I think it's the benchmark it for the worst opening press conferences ever, and I think we're going to compare that just like we compare everything to the butt fumble. We're going to compare everything else to this disaster that was Adam Gage Sirianni, not to that point, but definitely in that direct, very much in that direction, maybe next door. Um, but all my Eagles friends, you know, specifically Nick Pino, friend of the show, you know, he was very defensive about it. And he was like, I don't care about his press conference. Can this guy get us ready to play on Sunday? Can he command a room? That's what we said about Adam Gaze, too. We didn't <clears throat> care at first. But time will always tell. Time will always tell. So it, it is. But, you know, what do, what do you guys think of this hire? I mean, they, they passed up a lot. You know, no be enemy. You know, what, what do you – what's – I think again, it's also a little bit of a messy situation. I think – I don't know if this is – I think if I'm the enemy, I'm not taking the, – the good jobs got sucked up real quick, and he was, like, stuck doing the prep for the playoff games and everything. I'm not rushing – I'm that – he's he was going into this offseason. He was a top head coaching candidate out of all corners, right, for the most part? The enemy? Yeah. I'm not – yeah, I'm not picking one of these dirt jobs. I'm going into <clears throat> a successful a situ- situation I think I can succeed in, especially as my first shot, especially, you know, how many times he's been through the ringer of it. He's – He's got it. And what's the worst? You what you win another championship with Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and all them. And like what that's that's a downside. He's one of the highest paid corners in the league, right? He's gotta be. I know Spags is. If he isn't, he right? will be next year. Now, here's a point, right? And there's a there's a reason why teams don't go after these these guys that are still coaching in the Super Bowl. Because at one point before the Zoom era, before you know, the type of cell phones that we have. It was difficult to assemble a staff because you had to make sure you had to do the interviews either over the phone, in person. It was difficult to get in contact with people. So they teams felt that that coach would be distracted if he was making a game plan for the Super Bowl and also trying to assemble a staff. But today, with Zoom, okay. with different types of forms of communication, that's out the window. Okay, I heard that from Charlie Weiss when I listened to his radio show, and he made a good point. It's a different time here today. We can reach out to people and we can assemble a staff – on the side while also game planning for a Super Bowl. It's possible to do that. And yeah, I think you know what it's, it's about a different too. time. I mean, you hear it in politics all the time too. I mean, you gotta be able to walk and chew gum at the same time. I mean, it's the age of information era. You gotta be able to do multiple things. And honestly, that ends up being one of the signs of a successful head coach. So I I, I think like to your point, like you said, I mean, it, it, they got they got to make it happen. I feel like I feel like that's a, a little bit of a lousy lousy excuse. I mean, at the end of the day, Andy Andy Reid and Mahomes they they're basically in sync. Eb could go missing for a week, and I I'm sure everything will be fine. I mean, perfectly fine. Yeah. I mean, I, not to take any credit away to what he puts into his process because you'll hear. I just think it's more a credit to Patrick it. Mahomes. Yeah, just more a credit to the people he has around him, which is which is not a knock on him at all. So. I, I think that's a little bit of, uh, of of a cheap excuse. I mean, if he's playing for Super Bowls for next three years straight, uh, more power to him. He'll be happy he stayed. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that is, that is a rather cheap excuse, but that's we're, people are trying to establish why this why the enemy is not being hired, and, and no that one, could be why. Yeah, no, and no one. If they say everyone keeps talking about how he interviews, but we've yet 
to hear any leaks about what has happened in her interview. There's yeah. been certain coaching coaching rounds where after a coach will interview with a team, you'll hear like leaks off of what what like well, what, what reasons why he wasn't hired. Job like something with like I can't remember what it was, but I think it was something with Mike McCarthy in the Jets interview that he did, or some one direction that he wanted to go that made him like whoa. He wanted no. to pick a staff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, 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 that's what an reason. asshole. <laughs> <laughs> that's asshole. 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 He couldn't wait to come back home and coach for, for coach for his hometown team. They're like, nope, we're, we got your DC. Nope, we got special teams covered. Nope. I'm like, what, what are you doing? What are you, what are you even trying to hire? Yeah, no, you're absolutely uh-huh. right. Um, speaking of dumpster fires, um, we're going back to go in Oh, here him. we go. Here we go. Mr. Jack Easterby. Uh, he, he's, he's, he praying. he's going to pray for a good coach to come in. He's going to pray for a good interview. Um, the preacher turned coach, turned general manager. Um, they found his, he found his guy, David Cully. And courtesy of our, that's our, actually, that's our human resources guy in the background. Lightning. <laughs> He's probably sick of you. It's good sound effect. Maybe he's a Texans fan. He, no, he's, get, he's, he's howling at the Texans because they're so bad at a dumpster fire. He agrees. He can't bear to listen. See, every time I'm talking about the Texans, there it goes. Um, listen, these guys are a joke. Okay, David Cully, I'm, I, listen, he's got a good background, a good, good football background, uh, assistant head coach, wide receivers coach. So this is another passing game coordinator. This is another hire that is broad. He's not a specialist. This guy can relate to the team. I Listen, I think this guy is going to face so much criticism that's completely unwarranted because yeah. of who hired him. I'm sure this is a good guy. I'm sure this is a deserving guy. But because he's walking into basically the worst situation ever. Um, the, the point I want to make um, – and I know, I know a lot of Ravens fans. We have a couple of Raven fan listeners. If you're gonna, if you were picking a coach to pick off the Baltimore Ravens staff, would you pick the passing game coordinator and the receivers coach? Two of the worst areas on on the Baltimore Ravens team defense. Actually, their only deficiencies to that team. Um, I mean, and, and I know it's not fair to completely put the blame on one person. Uh, I mean, it's more of personnel reasons why why. But at the end of the day, I mean, Coley's been in the league a long time, 27 years. He doesn't he doesn't care what situation he was going to go into. He just wants to say he did it. He did it. He climbed up the ladder. He didn't make a lateral move. He made at the end of the day. That's what every coach wants to do, whether you're going from a D3 to a D2 for D2 to an FCS. You want you want to move up in some some capacity. And he did that to him. So whatever go whatever happens from there, I mean, I think if he sat in a meeting with with Easterby and and he told him Deshaun Watson's definitely gonna be here, like don't don't worry, we prayed about it, we said grace, Watson will come back. We had a prayer circle. If if that's was the case and he believed that, then that's not that's a hundred percent on him. That's a hundred percent on him. You're walking into no quarterback. Him and, the, him and the GM are saying that they're 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 not trading him, but I mean they also we, I mean say Joe Douglas him a little. The same thing about Jamal and, Adams. And there's well, they have no choice. I don't think he plays, but they're shopping a little, and the market kind of has been set really right now. I think they're asking for the based off the Stafford trade, it kind of set the market for the Deshaun Watson deal. I think they asked for um, two picks, two uh, first round picks, two second round picks, and two young NFL starters, defensive starters. 
That's what the market, that's what, that's what the rumors are floating out is. That's what it's going to take. Yeah, that's, that's what they, that's what they, that's what they put, uh-huh. put out. Themselves. But, but I mean, Chewy, if they just got two, a, a starting quarterback in the NFL, I mean, I, it's Jared Goff regardless and two first round picks. I mean, that is that comparison for Matthew Stafford towards the end of his career compared to Deshaun Watson. I mean, it is going to take a haul. It eliminates the Giants. I know that much that a lot of, a lot of, some Giant fans are happy about some um, Giant fans are annoying, but that definitely eliminates us. I was saying in the whole beginning segment, the part of the reason why they paid so much was because they had to take on Goff's contract, not necessarily. So, so how does that affect Watson? Watson's contract situation is actually more favorable. He's going to, we're going to look at Watson's contract in three years and all these other quarterbacks are going to be making 40, 40 plus mil. Allen's getting over 40. I'm uh, saying Jackson that they, at even the dumbasses in Houston realize that Deshaun Watson is that much more valuable and you're not trading away something that you're going to get a lot more. You know they, what I'm saying? They, they didn't realize they were Hopkins. Who knows? And, but re- real quick while we're on the Texans before we move in on, I was hurt. I was seeing some things on Twitter today that they're saying, how would you, Dario, for, this question for you. How would you feel Evan Ingram and a mid-round pick for J.J. Watt? Because I know they're going to try and get rid of him. He's on a one-year deal. I think it's going to take more than that potentially. Yeah, I'm but not he, a- I'm not you're gonna you're gonna have to extend him, but that would also mean you're probably not getting Leonard Williams back. So I just want to float that idea out there and see how you. Listen, how you're I'm not opposed to moving any Evan Ingram in any capacity. I think I think he's basically this is it for him with the Giants. This is gonna be his final season. Um, but once Pro again, bowler, Evan Ingram. What? What'd you say? Pro Bowler Evan Ingram. Yeah, I don't know how, who stuffed that ballot box. Um, somebody's voted a lot for him. It was the players and the coaches. It's a joke. It's a joke. Or, no, or it's, it's a joke. It's a joke. Okay. And, and, you know, and when I saw that, I said, okay, he's not, he's not bad. It's like, cause he was he played good that we go. Okay. And then he re- immediately reminded us why we don't like him. Um, I, I'm kind of, I'm torn because Leonard Williams played really well. And JJ Watt is toward the end of his career. Um, but real quick, going back to uh, David Cully's. Uh, you didn't even give me an answer. I'm not giving you an answer. Refer to the company line of uh, we'll, we'll, we'll take under review and, and we'll study some film. We'll get back to you. Um, I wouldn't do it probably overall speaking. Um, I think we can get something out of Evan Ingram still, but let's, I guess let's get off the giants. Um, David Culley's resume here goes going back from the, he was with the Eagles from 99 to 2010. So he does, he's an Andy Reed guy at the end of the day. He was a wide receivers coach. Then he was a senior offensive assistant wide receiver coach. Then he went to Kansas City, was the assistant head coach 2013 to 2016. Then he was the Buffalo Bills quarterbacks coach. And then he ended up in Baltimore in 2019. Um, he also went to Vanderbilt, with the, graduated with a degree in health and physical education. So he's a gym teacher. Um, that's, a, that's a huge plus. He's a football guy. Um, shout out gym teachers and head coaches, Joe Ravita. Um, but look. At the end of the day, who knows what Easter B told him, and that's that's what's going to decide his fate over there. Um, so here we go. Let's move on to the to the big game. Um, we're not going to give any picks yet, but we're d- definitely going to talk about some storylines. Um, let me ask you guys: What is the biggest difference between Week Twelve and now for the Bucks and Chiefs? Why is this matchup different than what we saw earlier in the season? I'll let um, Chewy start. Go ahead, Joe. What do you got? The biggest difference to me. Uh, it would have to be the way the Bucks are playing on offense. They've they've gotten Leonard Fournette involved. He's going. Brady's been in rhythm with his receivers. Um, Antonio Brown's out for the Super Bowl. Is he playing? He's gonna play. He's, he's gonna play. I, I, but yeah, I'm saying he's gonna play. Okay, so yeah, Maybe so then limited. they have they have all their receivers clicking. Evans what? is healthier. Um, so. Uh, so, so I think that's the biggest difference for me 
with the Chiefs, nothing has really changed with the Chiefs. Their offense is their offense. They're they can't really be stopped, and their defense their defense makes plays when when they need to, and they get stops in the red zones and hold teams to field goals. And just knowing that their offense is going to score seven, uh, so it, there's personnel wise, there's not too much different. I mean, I think both teams are a little more banged up. Eric Fisher isn't playing. That that might that's a big development. That's maybe, a big difference. Maybe maybe they get a little bit a better pass rush, but then again, they're probably, gonna, they're probably gonna be scared to blitz them anyways. But if you can get pressure with four, uh, it might it might create some havoc for for Patty Mahomes boy. So who so that that's that's my main uh, differences. I and, echo that most of that too, but I think the pass rush is gonna be better for sure. Cause I mean that's what I think at least I noticed. In their playoff run, that that was their big, that was a big part of their defense. You know, they were getting pressure on Rodgers, they were getting pressure on Heineke, and what all that shit. You know, that it was like the the way to stop Brady was kind of helping Brady for the first time. I've seen, I noticed this was probably, you know, I and then like you said, they were getting a groove offensively, and their wide receivers are meshing. They have two running backs that are doing the job. Their offensive lines, you know, reasonably healthy at this point. And they're all moving, you know, they're meshing every, the whole team is really meshing well. I think it's, and that game was closer. I mean, it was a bigger differential, at least me and you were saying, and then the final score said what? Let me interrupt you for a second. We have some breaking news actually while we're recording. Uh, We have Kansas City center Daniel Kilgore and receiver Marcus Robinson have been placed on the COVID list uh, per Adam Schefter. We don't know if they'll be ready to go for Sunday. Um, I don't know if that isn't that a no. I don't think it's Kilgore their starter. Kilgore's the second string center. He's the backup, and Demarcus Robinson is just one of the From guys Mar- that rotate in. Guy. Um, yeah. Honestly, my main takeaway from that is uh, I like McCole Hardman to score even more now. <laughs> we're, not giving pick, we're not giving picks. The only thing I'm afraid of is a big McCole guy. That's a tease. That's a tease. The only thing that could possibly this could spiral out of control is who else was near these guys and everything else like that because they're because guys. Remember, these guys are still in, in, in Kansas City. They're flying out Saturday. No. They're, no. Simply no. The, you mm-hmm. saw firsthand that the NFL is not – they've done so much to get through this season. If Patrick Mahomes gets COVID, he's fucking playing. I don't give a fuck what happens. Well, it's the last game of the season. Can't hold any back now. Nah. Like, remember, remember during the World Series, didn't Justin Turner? Yeah, yeah they won. The co- he got COVID. He just ran out. What are they going to do? No, I won the World Series. I'm going to be yeah, out yeah. there. But yeah, this could yeah. be interesting. What if I mean I doubt it. It's definitely not going to happen. Um, I don't what think. If Pat, what if what if Chad Henney is 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 quarterbacking in the Super Bowl? I don't think. I don't think. I think this will be this will be more buried than the nine eleven conspiracies, the fucking Watergate. They the will not. Patrick Mahomes is playing. Tom Brady's been playing unless they're fucking lose. They lose a limb on some freak accident. There's no way COVID yeah. or fucking no, concussion stopping this goal. game. Weather, lightning, whatever happens in Tampa Bay, nothing. Um, for me, the biggest, the, the, and you guys said it, the biggest difference between week 12 and, and now is that, is that off the Bucks offense, they're clicking. They're really, they really found their groove. And I was actually listening to their quarterback coach today. Um, he said they haven't even hit their stride yet that, you know, they're kind of on that head. Then you about like another month. What are you going to say? What do you think he's going to say? Oh, we've, we've hit our stride for, no, I, I think, we're no, running out of fumes. It's okay that a quarterback, no, yeah. he's hitting our stride now, but he's saying that, you know, this offense still, guys are still feeling their way through it and they're still killing yeah, they it. Are. There's a um, lot of fucking good players on that offense. I think, I think the last week 12, it's kind of looked at it kind of differently because the Chiefs really had no pressure on them that game. I mean, Tyreek Hill put up 300 yards in the first quarter. 
Help us on the then, way. But then, but then they died out. They, they did, died but here's out. the thing. And that's it's, when me and Chewie said to ourselves throughout the season as Chiefs gamblers, real quick, I'll let you get back to your point. I just want to touch this real quick. The point's lost. That we said, like, you know, this 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 isn't the Chiefs team that's going to blow people it. out. Shut go, it. go ahead. No, I said, it's done. You, it's done. Go, just, go. No, no, it's okay. You're like, you know what? This is like watching, like, Fox or just CNN just, just butting in, just butting in. And I'll, I'll mute myself for the next five minutes. You can talk about it. All right. Um, Please reclaim your time. Sir. Jesus Christ here. I can need, like, a talking stick. Um, <laughs> Where the hell was I now? The, the point I was trying to make before, as I've been interrupted the whole podcast, um, is that um, the, the the Chiefs play with zero pressure because because Tyree Kill and Pat Mahomes literally had a, had a seven on seven clinic in the in like the first quarter. Yeah, they were coming back. The Bucks did try to make it didn't make it close, but the fact that it wasn't really like blow for blow. But I love to see how Todd Bowles, who I destroyed that game, I said this guy was asleep at the wheel. You know, is he going to make a better game? And it goes back to my point in the last show was how are you going to slow this offense down? Stop the big plays, make Kansas City sustain a long drive. But at the end of the day, here's what I think, and here's my controversial statement. See if you guys agree. Both teams are hot. I think the Bucks are a hotter team coming into this game. What do you think? Mm, I, uh, I, I don't. I wouldn't define the Chiefs as hot because Mahomes hasn't been that hot. Mahomes, we've seen Mahomes a lot hotter, hotter, but I think Tyreek Hill and Kelsey are very, playing very well. So I mean, I can understand it, but I think the Chiefs go as Mahomes goes. I think they're not anywhere near as dominant as it can be i'm still taking them but i'm not supposed to say that i apologize there but i mean i don't i wouldn't i wouldn't define them as high would you chewy they're not this isn't the most dominant we've seen of them in the matching Mahomes era and you read here's the thing i mean i i would disagree with dario's point uh i just think the chiefs are an overall better football team like ryan you're right they're not they're not at their they're not at their peak i mean the Bucks, but they're, but they're baseline, you know, right? The Bucks seem to be look, look like they've reached their peak where their defense is flying around. Brady looks good, but I mean, Brady is coming off the second half where he turned the ball over three times. The only trouble, the only trouble in the waters for the Chiefs was really the the fumbled punt from McCole Harmon. Then the rest of the game was smooth sailing. So, yeah. I don't think I don't think I would I, I would see the point that the Bucks are the hotter team. I mean, they might be feeling better off of their win. The Chiefs have been expecting to win every game every time they step on the field. They've only been beat once this year, and that's because their defense made no stops, like not not even one. They couldn't – Josh Jacobs just ran up and down the field on him. It was crazy. i never seen anything in my life like that. Derek Carr looked like Dan Marino in his prime. They're Um. All right, yeah, I think it's going to be – listen – there is going to be a sense of home field. Uh, granted, everyone really does most. Listen, there's going to be yeah, more yeah, the, for, for not not even that for the for the I think for the they're like the lack the of stadium, traveling, that stuff. Yeah, the routine that stuff, yeah. like that's definitely going to be an advantage. I don't think it's going to be a huge advantage. Um, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, Brady said this morning that, or he was yesterday, he is planning to play to maybe past forty five years old. He's feeling that good about himself. It's the avocado ice cream. He's a capper. Next point. Let's uh, go. To, let's go to the poll that we got. Big poll on the what? What? What is the view? What is the view on that? It's it's there. Um, two thirds are saying it's going to go over. The poll is we have over under ten and a half new starting quarterbacks for Week One in the 2020 season. We already have two with Detroit and LA. We know Watson's going somewhere, and then there's a bunch of that are up in the air. Really, and I was like, yo, I was. We were talking. We were discussing amongst ourselves. I'm like, yo, this might be the one of the 
biggest changes for at the helm for quarterbacks and we've ever seen in NFL history, like trades, fucking uh, pulling the short retirements, free agency, there's a lot going retirements, on. There's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot more moving. We see it. We see it resembling the NBA. I keep echoing this point. We see that more and more every day in the NFL as we progress, like with the trades and free agency and all so that. So wait, the Twitter said over. Twitter's going two thirds of our votes are at over right now. Nice. 66.6. I, 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 I think it's going to be under, but um, it's listen, a lot can go wrong. A lot can change. Um, it depends on a lot of teams will be hesitant. Listen, quarterback changes are huge. Um, teams are going to feel a thousand percent confident. They're going to definitely improve their roster because if you don't, you're basically sending yourself back at least three or four years. Um, if you don't get it right. Um, but yeah. So Twitter has spoken. Um, the poll is still up for until the end of, t- end of today, right? 24 hours. Yeah, 18 hours left. Um, we'll, we'll touch on it real quick at, yeah. on our next show. So just to give everybody an idea of what's going on, um, we are now going to be on Apple uh, Podcasts. So you can just search us at You Hate to See It. We'll be up there. Um, Spotify as well. These episodes will be posted uh, either that day or the next morning. Um, but real quick, real quick. Got to support my guy, Terrell Owens. Um, I actually bought... His new bottle of wine is Cabernet edition um, that he has called 81 Vino, 2017 Cabernet. Um, I will be trying it tonight or tomorrow. I'll tell you how it is. But shout out to your popcorn ready, folks. Your popcorn ready, folks. Shout out to for launching his new uh, line of wine. These are going to expand too from Cabernet to other stuff too. So let me tell you, big big moves being made over there with To. Big moves, and he was doing sit ups as he was making the wine. So. Huge. What, Huge. Do you think he was? Do you think he was quite crushing the grapes with his abs? I think he was. It's a possibility. We never know. He was eating the grapes like they were popcorn. Um, but yo, on the back it says here, like every one of his 1,078 career receptions, 153 touchdowns, 15 seasons of electrifying plays. This wine is sure to put on a show. So we'll see what happens. That's the best promo for a bottle of wine I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. We love, we love you, T.O. We T.O., love you. you're the man, man. Mm-hmm. I wish T.O. could listen to this podcast. We give him a shout-out. I'm definitely going to try this with dinner tonight um, and see how it goes. So with that being said, everyone, please enjoy the rest of your Monday evening. Stay, stay warm. A lot of snow out there. Um, and hit up Ryan. He'll be out there shoveling tonight. Want I'm, sh- I'm not shoveling. I'm driving a plow. Get the fuck out of here. I'm not the plow. The you have reached the plow. Good evening, America.